readers, welcome to Your Bookstore Besties. We're your hosts, Rachel and Becky, best friends who met while working at an indie bookstore. We love chatting about all things books, and we're so happy that you joined today. Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast. Hello. I am Becky, and that is Rachel, whose yes. cute voice you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are talking all about uh, kids' books or middle grade books, however you want to describe them. Um, we're going to be talking about our favorites growing up, and then we're going to talk about the ones we've read recently that we recommend to the you know the customers who would come into our store or to to other people we know and love and then we're going to talk about the middle grade novels that we want to read so let's start with the first the ones that we grew up with yeah so rachel tell me about your the books you read growing up so i feel like a lot of the middle grade i've read was either I bought at the Scholastic Book Fair, yes, shout yes. out, mm-hmm. uh, or I had to read for school that mm-hmm. I did enjoy. So my first one is actually one I read uh, for school, and it's called Castle in the Attic. Castle in the Attic. Have okay. you ever heard of it? No. Okay. It's called, it's uh, by Elizabeth Winthrop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you say it. And it's basically about this boy who is playing with his castle set. And by the way, all of these synopses are going to be like kind of accurate, kind of not. So if the book sounds interesting to you, this goes for the whole episode. Look it up. We'll give you the author and yeah. the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's basically about a boy with this uh, medieval castle set. And oh. basically the set comes to life. Oh, um, and so I read this in fifth grade because my teacher made us all do replica castles and literally like you could tell the parents helped because, oh, my God, these like mine. OK, it took weeks, like actual weeks. And I was like, this doesn't involve the book at all, but it had to be like realistic to how like castles were built. Oh, wow. So like there had to be a moat. There had to uh-huh. be a like a separate uh, Okay, anyways, that's my first one. Okay, wait, wait. So I'm imagining like Howl's Moving Castle where it has like – doesn't have like feet and it like comes to life and moves. Like that's what I'm imagining. No, it's just the castle set came to life as in like it didn't move around but it stayed there and like the pieces moved around. Like there were people. Oh, like the knights and like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like – I mean, this is another like famous middle grade book, but did you ever read The Indian in the Cupboard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that was a playset okay. that came to life. So I guess that was the trend in the 90s. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So that's my first one. Okay. Uh, what's your first one? Okay. So this is funny because I texted you last night and I remember this series. Like I remember the the characters. <laughs> I remember the storyline, but I could not for the life of me remember the name of this series. And I texted you and you ended up just Googling what I texted you. And you're like, <laughs> you're an idiot who doesn't know how to use Google. But um, I much. digress. Um, the series is called The Secret of the Attic by S. Sinyakin. And basically it was a group of four friends who find a key in their neighborhood. And it's the key to their neighbor's house and so they go in their neighbor's house and she lets them go up to their attic and in their attic are lots and lots of um, costumes and they uh so then they go into a mirror and they whatever they're dressed up as is like the place they go to and it was a series uh but like it was like the artwork was beautiful like i still remember to this day the series and every book had a different girl the first episode they all go to the into the mirror and then the next books is like each girl goes by themselves and they come back and tell their friends about it. But it's kind of um, 
sus that they find a key and just go into their neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a red flag. Name. It is. But um, so I was looking online. They're out of print, but you can still find them um, in some places. Like I thought my library has them. I was like, should I read it again? I haven't read it since 1998. But Oh, my gosh. Both of our picks um, have Attic in the title. Did you notice? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's weird. I don't know if I'd recommend those series now, but definitely made an impact um, for reading for me. Well, that's another you? thing. Like, what of these books would we still recommend? Like, mm-hmm. I wonder what stuff is in there that we would no longer yeah. recommend. Yeah, yeah. And like, does it still hold up? So it's funny. My next one on my list is about kind of a princessy story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Ella Enchanted. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love that book. I don't know why I didn't include it. Yeah, literally, by um, Gail Carson oh, Levine. Yeah, I literally reread that book in 2020, and I was like, "This holds up. It's so good." Oh, okay, that's good to know because yeah. honestly, I so part of these, I'm like, I remember reading them, but like, I didn't always finish books as a kid, and then. <laughs> at that time like later the movie came out so like i was obsessed with the movie as well but no ellen chanted is a great book um correct me if i'm wrong because i have not read it in like 15 Mm -hmm. years and you've read it more recently Mm -hmm. but it's about a girl who basically is cursed to do whatever people tell her to do right so she's like cursed to be obedient Mm -hmm. Um, well it's it's meant to be a um a fairy godmother gift Mm. Where she like is like blessing her to be an obedient child, but it kind of has okay. the uh, ends up being a curse because if her mother says behave or um, stop eating or something like that, she has to do it like it's a physical compulsion that she can't fight against. So then it's a Cinderella retelling. So she has a stepmother, her dad dies, all the yeah, yeah, no, not her dad, her mom dies, all that, and there's a prince charming, and it's it's really really good. It's really cute, and um, I. I remember loving the book and loving the movie, so I recommend that one. I want to add that I thought the the movie is very, 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 very different from the book, so I almost mm-hmm. I consider them two separate things. So, but yeah, the, book, the movie is good. You can't go wrong with um, what's Anne Hathaway. Girls? Anne Hathaway, yeah, so. I love her. All yeah. right, next, um, I did mention a couple weeks ago about the American Girl series, and if you just have no idea what I'm talking about, I just wanted to do a quick basic thing about what American Girls is. It's um, back in the day when I was reading them, there were five different back girls. In my day. I know, back in my day. Uh, there were five girls throughout American history. And so the earliest one when I was reading them was a girl in the, during the Revolutionary War. There was a Kirsten who was a Swedish immigrant in the Midwest in the 1800s. Molly, who was, um, dad, her dad was fighting in World War II. So basically these girls throughout history who they had, they each have their own series. I think there was like five. Yeah, they were really beautiful. Like, like literally the artwork. I still have postcards because I was obsessed with American Girls with the artwork from the books. And they're, they're each very unique. Each series of the girls has a unique art style that's really, really pretty. So if you just do anything today, you should check out the artwork of um, the American Girl series. So that, that series had a chokehold on me. Yeah, that I I mean, they're still popular and not as popular as they were, mm-hmm. but I never got into the books. I had a doll, but that's mm-hmm. that's basically it for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about the Click series by Lissy Harrison. Oh, okay, yeah, that was a lot younger for me. Are you talking about the graphic novels? No. Okay, so this was a book um it was basically like the mean girl book of my generation and the first one was called The Click and they all had these like bright plaid covers and it was basically like 
it was mean girls but in middle school so there was like this girl who was in charge like think the regina george Mm -hmm. she had money and like a mansion and this girl um joins and like she's kind of poor and like her family's staying with um the rich girl's family in their guest house and like they bully her and (laughs) it was so mean like the stuff that happens in this book is like shocking and i can't remember specific details but i remember even as a young kid or a middle schooler being like this would never happen this is like very dramatic but like it was very dramatic i it had a hold on me i don't know i read i think there's like oh god like at least 10 of them okay. uh 10 books in the series and i had at least eight of them so like can i give you an example of yeah. like the titles so the first one was the click and then the second one is called best friends for never Ew. <laughs> the third one is revenge of the wannabes <sighs> Invasion of the Boy Snatchers, The Pretty Committee Strikes Back, Dial L for Loser, Sealed with a Diss. <laughs> like <laughs> that, like that. Put yourself in that mentality. I would, I would okay. never have read anything like this. <laughs> I mean, but everyone was reading them at my school. And like I saw them everywhere. So I was like, I guess I'll read them. And they were very addicting. They were like, the the plot was the plot was driving. I don't know. <laughs> so so I'm, look- I'm looking at the covers on Google. Oh, no. um, did they have any like black girls in it or women of like girls of color? Was oh, no, absolutely girls? not. It was it was, it white, was white. It was white, 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 okay. white. Well, that sounds. Anyway, so not proud of that, but I was obsessed with that series. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Next. Okay. So um, have you ever heard of the Dear America series? Separate from American Girls. <laughs> Dear America, such patriotic pics. I know, you have. I'm very patriotic. Um, I don't think I have. No, I'm okay, looking so, it up and see. Um, the Dear America series was real boys and girls who existed in actual history that were fictionalized diaries of their Wait. stories. Wait, yeah. is there a Titanic one? Yes, yes. Wait, I they, do actually know yeah. this. So they were basically you were like reading their journal of like these real things that happened. Uh, the Titanic one was really good. Um, then there was also a spin-off series called The Royal Diaries, where there were actual queens from history have a journal and they're like as kids. So I remember to this day, I still remember the Marie Antoinette one. And I just remember being like, You're gonna die, you're gonna die. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but those were really, really good because this is the first time I was like reading journals of like real things. So really fun. So cool like your series. first like historical fiction inspired by real life kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. I guess I didn't realize I read so much uh, historical fiction as a kid, which I ba- barely read any historical fiction. Maybe I should start reading more. Well, I want to talk about that because after we're done talking about our favorites, I briefly want to see like how much of this mm-hmm. taste have we gathered mm-hmm. and brought into our adult lives yeah, and adult yeah. reading. Okay, so my next one is called Things Not Seen by Andrew Clements. And there's also a, a tag along to this because huh? I also loved Frindle by oh, Andrew Clements. Yeah, that's a good one. Andrew Clements had a chokehold on that era, like mm-hmm. really did. Yeah. Um, but Things Not Seen is really, really sad actually. It's about a boy who wakes up and he's invisible and um so i think in the book he's 15 and he he's invisible and he can't find uh can't find out why that means he like has to stop going to school uh and then he he meets a blind girl they become friends and i i don't remember much about it but i just remembered like 
being so sad and scared that that would happen to me. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to wake up and be invisible. It was a horror novel for me. Okay. It's not categorized as such, but uh, horrifying. And then Frindle, I always say, so Frindle is still popular to this day. Mm -hmm. It's still like required reading. Um, It's about this kid who's a troublemaker. And one day he picks up a pen and he doesn't like, uh, his school and his teacher or something like that so he starts calling his pen a frindle and it like creates this wave of like <laughs> i don't know like rebellion at his school and i always tell the the, the people who come in i'm like I, I looked at the kids i was like if you ever didn't like a teacher this is the book for you <laughs> and the parents usually laugh because like they expect that whatever mm-hmm. but it was like the ultimate like you don't like your school you feel oppressed as a sixth grader <laughs> read this book but it was just it was fun i also loved the landry news as well the, like wait what did you just say the landry news like laundry but no you oh, oh okay, okay landry yeah okay. um also by andrew clements i read the report guard by andrew clements like if it was an andrew clements book i've probably read it i only read frindle Okay, well, that's good. acceptable. I'll, I'll let Thank you. I'll you. let you be. Yep. You. All right. What did you read next? Okay, this is my last. <laughs> uh, you're gonna laugh at this. So, um, I grew up in a. Um, how do you describe it? Um, so, a Pentecostal church. Um, do you know what that means? Um, yes and no. So it's like um, speaking in tongues. Like you, you like dancing. A lot of spiritual warfare. Like. Like we are, we are fighting the devil with our prayers kind of thing. Like that's, that's like how I grew up. So there was this famous author, famous Christian author called Frank Peretti. And he wrote, um, this adult series about these people who are like fighting demons with like the power of their faith kind of thing. So he wrote a children's series called Cooper kid adventures and it's basically teenage siblings and their archaeological archaeological father who travel to like these remote places and deal with these spooky things. Oh yeah, um, I've read that. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> never. No, I'm, I'm gonna give you like it's it's been 15 years since I read this, so I want to read the synopsis for one of the books. This okay. is called War in the Dragon's Throat. When teenagers Jay and Lila Cooper and their archaeologist father travel to Nippur, an uninviting land of deserts and danger, they must search to uncover the truth behind an ancient legend. Armed with the knowledge that God is more powerful than any legend or curse, Jay and Lila plunge down into the dragon's throat, determined to find out what awaits them on the other side of the door. So kind of spooky um, using like faith to fight these demonic forces, which is kind of crazy for a kid's book. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. And like, I mean, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but Mm -hmm. like, it's interesting that you were allowed to read those books, but like other other faiths like won't allow other books like that like it has to have a message about god or i guess that's the difference like yeah they're not fighting them with magic they're fighting them with faith which is kind of right. magic well like whatever. i wasn't allowed to read harry potter until yeah. i was 18 <laughs> so i read harry yeah. potter when i was 18 but that's a whole other story we don't have to get into harry potter but um yeah it was kind of kind of crazy but yeah that's that's my last um childhood memory Okay. Um, my last one is by far my favorite of this list, and I saved mm-hmm. it for last on purpose. And it's called Molly Moon's Incredible Book of Hypnotism. Oh, I haven't heard by of Georgia one. Bing. Um, I actually have a, a hardcover first edition, um, okay. 
in my library that I found at a thrift store like several months ago and I was so excited because uh, this book came out in 2002. So mm-hmm. basically it's about this girl who is an orphan. She lives in an orphanage, think Annie. And uh, she finds this old book about hypnotism and she learns that she can make people do whatever she wants. Um, and then there's this bad guy kind of watching her wanting to take this book from her. And the reason I love this book is because she literally like at one part, I still remember it so vividly, like stays in a five star hotel and she's like an orphan. Like she's terribly mistreated. And now she's like has this power to make people do what she wants and she goes to stay at this five-star like new york city hotel like Mm -hmm. it's basically a kid's dream right i definitely think that's one of my favorite books that i've ever read um at least before i was 14 i've reread it multiple times yeah so i would say that's that's my probably my favorite one as a kid why do you think so many middle grade novels have uh orphans as characters because i i feel like that's not super relatable i mean do you think it's because of how popular annie was do you think that has anything to do with it because that was around the time that the annie movie came out no the annie movie came out in the 80s i know but it was revitalized in the 2000s oh i don't know if i saw that um i don't know i feel like it goes back even farther am i crazy when did the when did the like Oh, okay. So the Disney Annie came out in 1999. Okay. So I don't know. I think there's some correlation because that was like a major blockbuster that apparently you really? missed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I will. I don't know. I don't know why orphans are such a huge theme in middle grade novels. <laughs> I don't have no idea. Okay. So do you think your childhood favorites are a good judge of your reading taste now? Um, I would say with the ones I gave today, absolutely not. Because <laughs> I, I did read a lot of fantasy, and these, but I couldn't, I literally could not tell you what they were other than like Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, all these like historical fiction ones have just made an impression on me. So I don't know. Yeah. And mine was very fantasy heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still love fantasy, but I don't read it as much as I did when I was a kid because as a kid, these books were like 100 pages. Now yeah. they're like 800 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's kind of transition into what's popular now because you worked at the store for, mm-hmm. I don't know how long. A year. A year. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm still working there. And so I feel like we've seen a good example of kind of what's current um Mm -hmm. so obviously harry potter you know is still very popular staying power yeah not only that i feel like it's influenced the new stuff because the most i would say the three most popular series are fantasy yeah um and let's see if we agree so what do you think the other two are because i have two that i wrote down that i think are most popular percy jackson okay it's not one I had, but that's oh. that's definitely in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty so so mine were Wings of Fire. Oh yes, 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 yes. Which yes. is a dragon fantasy novel. Uh-huh. I don't think there's much more we need to say about that yeah. which is dragon mm-hmm. fantasy. And oh, the is other, the uh, um, the cat one, Warrior Cats. Um, I would say that is in the top ten, but I that wasn't the one I picked. Um, the one I picked is Keeper of the Lost Cities. Oh, those are really thick. <laughs> those are yeah, really but thick the books. kids devour them. They do, yeah. 
Like yeah. I, I have parents come in all the time who are like, oh, we need the next book. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not coming out until such and such date. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, he just read an 800 page book in like three days. And I was like, OK, well, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, now you have to wait a year. Welcome to yeah. hell. Also, um, I want to interject that my favorite is when teachers and grandparents come in and brag about how great of readers their kids are. And I always want to tell them that I don't care, but I have to pretend like I really Oh, care. my gosh. <laughs> Becky. That's so mean. I mean, seriously, they're all like, my kid is oh the best God. reader. And I'm like, I'm so glad that they're reading, but I, like, don't care how fast of a reader they are. <laughs> okay, Aww. sorry. Continue. <laughs> that makes me sad. I care. Okay. You're I mean, they're going to grow me. up to, like, either hate reading or love reading. That's, that's mm. the two. There's no in between. Okay, so other than that, you think Percy Jackson, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, what about standalones? Can you think about any standalones mm-hmm. that are super huge? Because a lot of the stuff I think about is series. Yeah. Like yeah, Babysitter's yeah. Club is still popular uh-huh, for uh-huh. sure. I can't think. I mean, like, I don't know if you count um, like the what is his name? Tim Green, the the guy who does the sports books. I think it's Tim Green. Yeah. OK, those are series, too. Um, he does the football books. The there's the, uh, the Ma- books. his last name is Maddox. And like whenever there's like a young kid who doesn't like to read, I always suggest his books because each, yeah. each book is like about a different sports sport theme. There's also the I Survived books. Oh, yeah. Um, by, yeah. Those are really oh, popular. God. Is it Tui Sutherland? Am I just butchering who I think wrote it's that? Like, uh, it starts with the test. It starts with a T. No, Tui Sutherland is Wings of Fire. Yes. Okay. Well, at least I'm in the same genre. I don't remember. I know um, where they are in the shelves. Like, I can tell you where they are. I grab yeah, exactly. them on the shelves. Um, Tarshish. T-A-R-S-H-I-S. I can't say that. Um, I Also, Alan Gratz. So um, mm, I'm yeah. Googling as I'm going. Yeah. Alan Gratz, actually, those aren't series. They're just... Um, those are standalone, like, historical yes. stuff from the 40s, like World War II. Um, but he also did like one about uh, September 11th. He also did one mm. about uh, 1930s refugee is about a 1930s boy. So like th- I would say those are very popular, especially amongst the the boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a lot of what's popular is series. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I feel like that's been consistent over when we were kids, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, this is more. Uh, so most of the books we've been talking about, by the way, middle grade is what we see as like ages nine through 12. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a huge amount of books that are popular in the six through eight range, which we haven't talked about. But um, one of my favorite series in, in that range was Magic Treehouse. And that's a fantasy series that's like 40 books long or something. Yeah, I never read that, but um, my brothers did and they loved it. Yeah, so fantasy and series are, like, huge. Yeah. I will say it's either fantasy or, like, contemporary girl. Like, I think right, girls yeah. gravitate towards, like, the more contemporary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the boys go for the war. <laughs> well, guess. another series I was going to say, there's two, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Those mm, those kids yep. love that, as well as there's another one that's kind of a similar vibe as, like, Dork Diaries, which I think is a girl main character so they're basically like journals but they're contemporary yeah and and funny funny fun fact uh diary when we kid i remember reading that online as like a web thing before it even was released at a book as a book um like i remember the cheese touch which is 
part of the book. I don't know. Look it up. I don't want to explain it. It's so about. stupid. It's like it's like cooties, but like there was a piece oh. of moldy cheese on the playground, and if you touched the moldy cheese, you had the cheese touch. Like I still remember this because oh, I've okay. read it, but like that was before it was actually published in 2007. It was like online on this website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Okay, so let's talk about books that that we want to read or recent books we've read in middle yeah. grade. Now, I'm going to say you're going to have to carry the recently read middle That's grade fine. because I have not recently, really. That's okay. That's okay. I know um, we share one one book that we'll probably both talk about. Um, but I have read three middle grade novels in the past two years, which is it's not much, but it's honest work. <laughs> um, yeah. um, the first one I want to talk about is Hummingbird by Natalie Lloyd and like this is probably in my top 10 books that I read this year. It was that good. Um, which I, like I said, I've only read three in the past two years of middle grade. And to, for this to be in the top 10 of like the books I read this year is, is mm-hmm. really good. So um, this is a, about a character named Olive. She has brittle, brittle bone disease um, oh. and she mostly uses a wheelchair, but she's like very joyful, very positive. Think like Pollyanna kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's homeschooled because, you know, her parents are obviously concerned about her brittle bone disease. And the book starts where she asks her parents if she can go to public school because she just wants to find a best friend. And um, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And it has a magical realism aspect to it. Um, It's called The Hummingbird because in this small town in Tennessee, every 50 years or so, a magical hummingbird comes to town. And if you find it, um, it'll grant one wish. So little Olive, you know, wants to get rid of her brittle bone disease and find the hummingbird. So she makes friends along the way. And there's like part sleuthing, part just like character development. And I, I cried with joy. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful book. One of the best books I've read. I highly recommend it for adults to read, for you to recommend to your, for your kids. Um, the author is also has brittle bone disease. So she's able to write from a perspective that she knows, but highly, highly recommend it. I remember when you read that, I remember when that came because you read that as an arc, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the only book that I can think of that I've read that's middle grade, and that's not including graphic novels because mm-hmm. I have read some younger graphic novels. Um, that one's Kiki's Delivery Service, which is famous for being a movie, but was actually a book first published oh. in 1985. Oh, I had no idea it was a book first. Um, I don't want to butcher the author's last name, so just look up Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> um, and I read it because Kiki's Delivery Service was my favorite movie as a kid. And I wanted to see if the book captured the magic. And I did not like the book as much as the movie. Uh, That's not surprising for me because like the movie can do no wrong. But the the book just was like it wasn't my favorite, but it's still a great book, you know, for especially young girls who interested in magic. If anyone doesn't know. Uh, Yeah, it's about a, a new witch named Kiki. And when you're. I think it's 13. Um, you have to go off and live on your own and learn how to be a witch. Now, this is 1985, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, and so she chooses this beautiful uh, seaside village um, and she makes friends with the lady at the bread bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a magic cat that talks to her named Gigi. She learns how to fly on a broom and make friends and it's just really sweet and um so i still would recommend it even if i didn't like it because of the because of my love for the movie yeah it was just 
it was just different. But that's the only one I've read in like a couple of years. I don't think that's true because I thought we both read Percy Jackson at the same time. Oh, you're right. You're very right. Because that was going to be my next one and I thought you were going to take it. But <laughs> no, yeah, we did read Percy Jackson. Um, my coworker, uh, Athena, shout out. Shout out. Um, <laughs> she told me to read it because I had never read it and it came out in like 2006 I think and so I read it and I enjoyed it what did you think about that one I really liked it um I don't think I'll continue the series just because I have other things I'd rather read um but basically if you don't know Percy Jackson um I think the lightning thief is the first one the whole yeah. series is Percy Jackson the Olympians Athena's gonna like text us after and be like you said it wrong. <laughs> um Percy, because it's like her favorite series. Um, yeah. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, I believe, is the name of the series by yeah. Rick Riordan. Um, so Percy's a 12-year-old. He finds out he's the son of Greek god Poseidon. And because Greek gods cannot keep it in their pants, there is an entire camp dedicated to these like mixed little half demigods. And it's like in modern times, a so contemporary. So he goes to Camp Half-Blood. There's a quest he has to go on, magical creatures. It was really fun. And it was funny. I laughed a lot. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that's a really great recommendation if you're trying to get your kid to read or even if you want to read it yourself. It's it's really good. Yeah. And I, I wanted to mention all of these books are middle grade. So like nine through 12 is the target audience because of the content, you know, yeah. whatever. But anyone can read these yes. just because you're 14, 26, 55. You can still read these books um, and find enjoyment in them. Now, they might be a little to you you know childish or simple or whatever you want to tell them. but that's like part of the magic for me is like it's a quick book it has magic or you know some kind of appeals to your inner child and don't shame people for reading middle grade or YA yeah. because yeah. any age can read them I want to do one more recommendation that I really enjoyed. I read this last year called The Barren Grounds by David A. Robertson. Um, he's an indigenous, an indigenous author, I think, from Canada. And this book is uh, Narnia meets indigenous storytelling. It's about two children who are in the foster care system in Canada, and they're both feeling really disconnected from their culture and their community. They go to school. They don't really fit in there. And they find a door in their attic that leads to a magical snowy world. It's always the are, door. Yeah, where there are talking animals. And then a talking bear greets them and they find out that all the animals are starving and you find out why and they have to go on a journey to fight the wrongs of another human. Um, and there's themes of secret themes because you don't it's not very overt, uh, but secret themes of like colonialism and, you know, sharing and not taking more than you need. So that's a really, really great one, especially if your kids read Narnia and they just want something else. Mm -hmm. um, highly recommend that one as well and then then we want to talk about the books that we want to read that are middle grade do you um have any any suggestions there yeah i'm just gonna go through mine really quick sure. so i do want to continue percy jackson series oh, okay. mm -hmm. um i do like mythology i think it'll be fun and also i know there's a show coming out so i would like to watch mm -hmm. the other book i have is the secret garden now i think i read mm -hmm. in a bridge version when i was a kid but this is considered a classic um you know girl in england or something goes to her, an old mansion uh there's a secret garden that's and all she's you need an to orphan. know an, she's an orphan which is oh great. yeah of course she's an orphan <laughs> And then the other one, which I don't think is one that anyone listening or you would have heard of, it's called A Place to Hang the Moon. Mm. And it's by Kate Albus. And basically, I'm just going to read part of the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, 
Set against the backdrop of World War II, Anna, Edmund, and William are evacuated from London and live in the countryside uh, searching for a permanent family. So they're orphans. Okay. <laughs> so it's the 1940s. They lost their grandmother. Um, uh, someone, Their solicitor arranged, arranges for them to go to a village in the country where they will live during the war. Oh, here's the part that I liked. They seek comfort in the village lending library, whose kind librarian, Whoa. Nora Muller, seems an excellent candidate. She, It's a place of bedtime stories and fireplaces, hot milky tea. It's a place where someone thinks that they all three hung the moon, which is all you need in a mom if you think about it. So That's cute and cozy. I, I thought that was really cute sounding. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the one I, I want to read. How about you? So um, going back to Rick Riordan, uh, he is a very successful white author, but he has used his quote unquote power to uplift POC voices. So he started an entire, um, what's it called? Printing. Rick Riordan presents. Rick, yes. Rick Riordan presents an entire, basically he takes authors who are people of color who are come from, um, different cultures and they're basically telling little fantasy stories based in the mythology and folklore from their cultures. For instance, uh, I just have a couple here that I would love to read. One is called Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky of the author's Kwame Mali. Pitched as a middle grade version of American Gods, the book stars a seventh grade boy who accidentally creates a hole in mid-pass, a world where ancient African gods clash with gods of African-American legend. He must race to the Anansi the Weaver and repair the rip before the iron monsters wreaking havoc in mid-pass consume their world and arts. And then there's another one called The Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes. A lonely boy in New Mexico has a physical disability that makes middle school feel even more like everyone is watching him. But as he soon learns, his physical differences are merely the first clue to a family history that connects him to the Mayan gods. And he puts him in mortal danger. Basically, oh. I know there's one about a mongrel. I can't remember the name of it. But just different cultures from around the world and these kind of mythological stories they look really, really good. Uh, and I wish there was something like this when I was younger. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up kind of our middle grade episode yeah. then. One thing we forgot to do was we were going to give us a fun fact about ourselves, <laughs> which we forgot to do at the beginning. Did we actually forget to do the fun fact? I, yes, we did. What's What's your fun fact about yourself? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny because we had talked before we started recording. We we're like, okay, you got your fun facts ready. Yep. And then we just – the segue. We just <laughs> Um, okay, my first um, fun fact is I talked um, in a different podcast about how I've played the clarinet. That was my first fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I started playing the clarinet, I was pretty into sports, which if you know me, you might be like, Rachel, you played sports? Yes, I did. I'm actually very coordinated. Thank you. Mm. Um, I played soccer first and then I played t-ball, which is I don't know if you know what t-ball is. It's where the ball is on a stick, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it's, it's like how baseball. you Yeah, it's how you it's the precursor to baseball. Um so I played T-ball and then I played softball and I played from s- probably 6 or 7 years old to I stopped in 6th grade. So and I played on a couple different teams. I was even chosen for a travel team um oh. which like you have to audition for and like oh. show that you're good at <laughs> softball. Um, and so we traveled around to different, played in different tournaments. Um, I was also on a recreational team and, um, I had a really strong arm, uh, back then could throw really far for my age and I was an outfielder. So that goes hand in hand. Um, so I would catch all the pop flies and the line drives. And, uh, so yeah, 
That's fun well, fact about me. If you I don't know. know what those words are, but I'm impressed. Uh, Becky. <laughs> a pop fly is when the ball goes up and then comes down and you catch it. Okay. That Line sounds... drive is when it's hit straight across oh, okay. real fat. Okay. okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, you you next. My, my fun fact is in a totally different direction. Um, so I had to make a video for the president of Hobby Lobby um, to Whoa. celebrate the company that I worked at's two hundredth anniversary. <laughs> so whether your whatever your Jeez. thoughts are about Hobby Lobby and its president, I still made a video for him. So <laughs> you got to make that money. Got to make that money. I made that Hobby <laughs> Lobby money, man. <laughs> Oh, geez. Well, that that definitely is a very different direction than mine. Uh, okay. Anyways, we'll do we'll do the fun fact at the start of the next episode. We will remember. If we this remember. Time. No, yeah. we're gonna remember. Gonna remember. I'm remembering. Okay. And if and if we don't do it at the beginning, it's because I forgot. So yeah. shame me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, all the books we mentioned are going to be in the show notes. So take a look there. Um, have a great day, guys. Bye bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at your bookstore besties. Please like, share, and subscribe so more people can listen. Have a beautifully bookish day.